back, boys and girls, to another episode of K-Babe Comparisons. My name is Mr. Know-It-All, Daniel John Shaper, and I am joined here once again by the rest of the K-Babe crew. Introducing first, he is the king of the K-Babe kickflip, Mr. Wex Breaking the Lawson. Wex, how are we living today, bud? How you doing? Hey, living as good as I can being a Titans fan these days, you know? It's rough. It's rough. It's rough. I see you're wearing a number two jersey and uh, so many games hey, yeah, and lost it's, here, uh, so. Oh. Leo Jones, <laughs> but he's not out. doing much better than the Titans either right now. But uh, I'm still positive, still living up. Still, of course, it's it's wrestling season all the time, so you can go back to some wrestling once your team's doing bad. And I'm a Titans fan, so I know all about them doing bad. I'm not like a delusional Cowboys fan where I pretend that's still glory years every year. I'm realistic. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. I appreciate that. Um, at least I'm one and one in my fantasy league. So that's at least oh, better. Two right? and oh, baby. Two and oh. You're two and oh. Nice. Good for you. Good for you. Also with us, as always, he is the wayward son of War Trace, Tennessee, Mr. Jesse Baker. How you doing, bud? Doing great. How are you guys doing? Loving, uh, loving being here. I had a ton of fun researching this topic for our top five today. Just going back and like reminding myself of stuff, watching some old things. It was a lot of fun and I can't wait to get into it. Can't wait to get into it. It's going to be a good one this week, boys and girls. I am super excited about it. We are poo-pooing all over everything. We are talking about the top five worst factions of all time, and it's going to be it's going to be good. It's going to be really good. I'm super excited about it. Super excited to get into it. But before we do, last week, did you guys get any uh, any good feedback on the show? Yeah, man. I mean, I you know, it just seems like again we. I get more and more comments the more the top five format keeps on kicking in. Obviously, you know, it is fun to kind of shit on stuff sometimes. I love giving everybody their props, but, you know, you got to you gotta get down on them just a little bit too every now and again. Absolutely. What about you, X? Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, I was slacking the TikTok a bit this week because I was really busy at work. But uh, otherwise, just like you said, uh, YouTube and even some Facebook stuff. Had a little people debating like, and eh, no, I don't think that he he should be really there. But, you know, you know how it goes. Everyone's going to have their own different opinion. But just like Jesse said, this new top five format gets like people more involved because it's like I guess it's easier to like uh, verse your opinion on something like your voice, your opinion on something like that. I don't know why I said verse your opinion. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing over here. But, you know, voice your opinion on something like that. Like it just it's easier for people to get engaged rather than just talking about a pay-per-view from 1997. Yeah, totally, totally. Even though we love 1997. Oh, um, yeah, we do. Best year. I literally year. actually just now crossed over into uh, 1998. So I'm watching the Go Home Raw for the Rumble 98 right now. I'm like 30 minutes into that show. So, I mean, man, I can say this so far. Just a little, just a little nugget on, on the Attitude Era. My God, like the wrestling was not very good. Like, <laughs> just not very good. The stories were incredible yeah, stories though. and character work was the top notch shit it was really good stuff it was great television not great wrestling but uh yeah i'm loving it I'm loving every minute of it uh but yeah you know let's uh speaking of loving every minute of it man let's get into the news let's get into the notes what's been going on for this past week in wrestling i mean as we know triple h is still you know doing his thing in wwe and keeps you know bringing people's last names back bringing people back to the roster we recently got Braun Strowman. Was that this week that he popped up, or was that last week? Uh, I think it was last, last week. Last week, but he was on the show again this week. I didn't really watch much of Raw. Do you guys got any uh, feedback about Raw? Didn't see it. I didn't see it this week, yeah. I missed it this week. But, I mean, 
don't have a big show coming up like on the immediate horizon. So yeah, there's I, the extreme rules. I do stuff. know that uh, NXT wise, Solo Sokoa. Now he's on the main roster. I don't know if it's the reason, but they made him relinquish his belt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that NXT makes sense. North America. The storyline was like, oh, he wasn't sanctioned to be in the match by Shawn Michaels or whatever. But I cannot. That puts a little damper because I like the bloodline all having gold. It just kind of made him seem a little bit more badass. I agree. I agree. I feel like it would have been a little bit more fitting, but, uh, you know, the E is still going to E and I mean, I, and, it, and it all makes sense to me too. It's like, I feel like they're really trying to fix, uh, the disaster that has been NXT 2.0. And I feel like mm-hmm. gradually they're going to, hopefully very soon they just drop the 2.0 altogether and just go back to being NXT. And we'll just all pretend like 2.0 was just a, a blip that just sucked about the brand and it'll go back to the NXT. We all, uh, love and cherish, um, but yeah, it just sounds like the WWE to me. And yeah, like you said, the E is always going to E, but, uh, AE dub, I guess is always going to AE dub. And they put on a fucking hell of a show last night for the grand slam. Uh, cause this is, we're recording this on Thursday coming out on a Friday, but dude, and honestly the opening bout Chris Jericho winning the ROH world championship. Yeah. At first I was like, what? But like, I'm not mad about it. I think it's a pretty good fucking decision. What I mean, guys I, think? I think it totally it, it makes sense. I thought it was a good decision. I hate to see Claudio lose it so quickly. That's my only only gripe about it. But that did suck. The, the match was fucking stellar, and it kind it just it creates more reason. And Tony Khan noted something about working with Warner Discovery, you know, uh, in some kind of outlet this week, basically saying the pay per view buys are making it more attractive for them to kind of entertain, trying to do something weekly. And, you know, he didn't specify television. It could be something streaming. It could be something online. Who knows? But attaching the name to it, I think, helps a great deal. And it also helps as they're going into what the next pay-per-view is going to be. I mean, it's nothing but thumbs up, I think, for the ROH brand and adding it as a viable second brand in that entire uh, – lexicon's the wrong word, but Tony Khan's vast realm of possessions. The AEW universe, as Jericho says. Ah, uh, there you mm-hmm. go. Yeah, I mean, I fully agree. I think that putting it on Jericho, I mean, because Ring of Honor, since it's been bought, like I know we've had a couple of pay-per-views and they're trying to keep some storylines going just to kind of keep interest in Ring of Honor. But I do think that when they get a a, a TV thing, if they're not just going to take Rampage or whatever, if it just becomes its own separate thing, whether it's streaming or whatever, it needs a rebrand right away. And I think that... um I think that having Jericho there and having Claudio versus Jericho as your opening feud, it'll people are familiar with those two guys, but they also fit the Ring of Honor brand, and your undercard can really still show the Ring of Honor brand. Uh, I think it's a perfect fit for something like HBO Max. It makes perfect sense to me. That seems like the right one for it to go to. I think streaming is its best bet, too. I think Tony Khan would be like kind of the... Because to me, it's like using a third-party streamer. It's like you're the, you know... I mean, yeah, like... WWE is on Hulu if you have like Hulu live, but it's not like, you know what I mean? It's not like streaming on a platform. Like it's also on TV. I think that having yeah, that's Ring of not Honor, its primary right, place of right, view, viewership. Right. I think if you want to watch, you know, Tuesday Ring of Honor live, you have to have HBO Max. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I think that that's, that's a good idea. It's it's innovative. It, it, it works. I liked the match a lot, too. I mean, I, I, I was actually pleasantly, pleasantly surprised. I think this was the match of the night, in my opinion. Um, and yeah, I mean, even with a few missteps, it was still a pretty good match. Yeah. Jericho winning the ROH title is just something I never thought I would say in 2022, but I'm glad I am, you know, I'm glad I am. And I think there's a lot of 
meat and potatoes right there for the storyline down the line. Daniel Garcia versus Jericho, pure and ROH unification. Oh, yeah, no doubt. Just like Danielson did back in the day. I'm sure Danielson could be involved with the storyline with the whole Jericho Appreciation Society. I could see even Garcia even moving to join the combat club to then unify the titles. I mean, there's so much there. There's so much there. Yeah, I agree. I agree. There's a lot of meat on the bone in that specific angle. Um, We got a lot on the rest of that show, too, though. Oh, yeah. I mean, literally, it was just title match after title match, and... Even though, like, not every match was a five-star match, but I wouldn't say there was a bad match on the card. No. Now, I wouldn't say anything was bad. Um, I didn't th- – I actually didn't think – I thought that a lot of the booking deci- – so this was a different show to me and all around for AEW because I actually thought the booking decisions for the majority of the show were very, very, very good. Yeah. Um, but the wrestling on some of the matches was underwhelming. It wasn't bad, but it, it's just – not as good as they normally are. It was still good. But the story made up for it in a lot of those matches. Yeah. Some yeah, the of them. Yeah, was like, great, it, for like, sure. like the Acclaim versus Swerve in Our yeah. Glory. Clearly yeah. not as technically good as their last match, but it was still a pretty good match. Like they didn't there was a few missteps, some few things that happened, and just the athleticism and some of the stuff wasn't as crazy as the last match, but the crowd still was into it. You you were hooked in, you're in, you know, the acclaim is a good a good fucking story. AEW homegrown talent. Yeah. Great fucking story. The acclaimed have arrived. They are uh, official. Yeah, I love it, man. I'm really glad that Tony Khan pulled the trigger on them. I was worried he wasn't going to. I was worried he was going to stick with Swerve and Glory, which they're fine. It, it works, but I mean, the acclaimed they're is so, just so dude, hot right now. The acclaimed are so over right now. Like, you yeah. it's, can't ignore it. Yeah, you got to do it. I got to throw another thing out there about Swerve and Our Glory. As much as I do like the pairing of those two guys. Same, yeah. I got to say, man, the with a lot of people getting suspended, being out, questionable futures, so on and so forth, you could use another person to start to push towards the top like a swerve. Dude, both of those dudes are oh, better, sure. as, better as singles wrestlers, period. Well, yeah. I just – I don't see Keith going to the top top there at all, but like I definitely do think swerve has a future of doing that. Dude, swerve is money. Swerve yeah. is a main event guy. Keith I think Lee Keith- – can be a main event guy, but when you got people like Swerve and just all the people who are in AEW, it's kind of hard. Like the, you know, it's hard to get to the top of that mountain. I I I don't know why I see this so clearly, but I see a clear path like Wardlow and Keith Lee for the TNT oh. title. Oh, like that's a clear path. Great. There. That sounds fantastic. And I feel, and I do feel like that would be very good. Yeah. So, I mean, I I like it again. I like the booking decision. I I feel like not only do you completely solidify the acclaimed and like hit while the iron is its hottest. The acclaimed have never been this over. They might never be this over again. So giving them the titles right now is great. It really actually boosts your tag titles, oh, yeah. um, which is great. And, and and I think you simultaneously set both guys. Hopefully, well, first thing, we'll just get them splitting, and we'll get that, that match. And one of them yeah, needs and to then turn they, definitively already, heel. We saw they're starting a little feud up with FTR, which psh, if anyone's going to take the belts off of them, that's the yeah. fucking team. Yeah, 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 yeah. Even so. though I'd rather see them face the Young Bucks for the titles again, that'd still be a great match. Well, you know, we'll see. I, I don't know. I, I feel well, like when they let Phil that, go. Uh, before we get into the, that shit, so what'd you guys think about the decision to have Mox be the three-time world champ? Boo. I'm not. I mean, <sighs> I he deserves it. I understand why, but storyline and coolness, Danielson would have been better. Yeah. I mean, the only reason that I see. The only plus sign I see about Mox having it is Mox MJF, as opposed to Danielson MJF, which yeah, I don't. Mox I MJF, don't yes, dude, that's that just. Even I just though I love Danielson, 
that just seems like a better match because I'd love to see MJF beat Mox. I just think it seems like a better story even leading up to it because, like, even with Danielson kind That's of being – Danielson's a little bit of a tweener still. I mean, even with the heel stuff or whatever, I mean, still not all the way. And like, There's way more promo stuff for MJF against Mox than there is for Danielson. That's just for sure. more meat yeah. on the bone there for Mox. Yeah. yeah. No, for sure. I just think that – I don't know. I think that that they have been – if anybody has milked a storyline, it's MJF, right? And I think everybody thinks, oh, well, they gave it to Mox just because he's going to drop it to MJF very soon. I don't think so. I think it's going to be like – I think, think it will be like spring of next year before MJF is the champion. I think, think it's just going to keep looming around with that poker chip, like yes. teasing it? And I, just- yes, and cut amazing promos about it and get in everybody's head and go on a run for like – for the ages shit that we'll talk about for years. I think that's what he's about to do. I don't think he's just about to win the title and beat Moxley and whatever. I don't, okay. I, I really hope they don't do that at least. Uh, Cause, and honestly to me, I do feel like, yes, the instant thing Mox that makes sense. I do think like over a long period of time, if they give, if they had given the belt to Daniel and had him run even as a baby face, preferably like, I think that would have worked out really well. If it was just constant little MJF things, just little things have Daniel have his own programs only have like MJF wrestle. He could, I mean, have him wrestle random people or whatever, you know, like, or not even wrestle at all. It doesn't even matter. He doesn't have to wrestle. I mean, it's yeah. Yeah. As long as his presence is there and we know he's around. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. So I guess we'll go ahead and get into the last thing of the news. So pretty much all the rumors and speculation is that CM Punk is done with AEW there's going to be like a contract buyout, and I know that the Young Bucks are still with the company because they posted some promotion today about their new shoe that's going to be in Champ Sports, the Diodora Young Bucks high top promoted by AEW. And if they're still promoting that, Kenny's in Japan representing AEW, and they're just not speaking of Punk. Last night on Dynamite when they are talking about all the great ROH world champions, they just didn't mention Punk. <laughs> I think it's yeah. safe to say he's fucking out of here, which I'm okay Bye. with. I, yeah. Deuces. Yeah. I mean, at this point, man, like, come on. And the fans that are still on the CM Punk side, God, I mean, fool me once, guys. How, how do you, I mean, I you know, I, fool me twice, you can't get fooled again, you know? That's, that's you know, you know, don't, don't, don't get fooled again. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. I, mean, I just, I think it's, I mean, it's, it's punk hey. being punk. It's, it's par for the Great course. Great analogy that I heard about CM Punk. CM Punk is like the 2015 Golden State Warriors. They fucking had an amazing – like, it was great. It was all fun. But when it comes down to it, they blew a 3-1 lead. Yeah. And that's what Punk did. He blew a 3-1 lead. He, he Or he's the Atlanta Falcons versus the Patriots. Yeah. Like, he made, made that – you know, where it was great to see him come back, and it was fun yeah. for a while, but it just turned out to be shit in the end. He had us in the first half, not going <laughs> to lie. Yeah, exactly. The first <laughs> half was great, but the second half, dude, I ain't going to yeah. lie, dude. It's gutter trash, man. I honestly – if I ever see CM Punk in a wrestling ring again, it'll be too soon. I don't ever, I don't, I don't, I mean, honestly, I don't even need to see him in the public eye. He's made enough money. I know Tony paid him a boatload of money to come back. I know yeah, that's the only did. reason he said he would come back. So, and so yeah, it's like, it's, it's funny too. Cause he always says that, you know, the CM stood for chick magnet. That was an accident when he like did his wrestling debut and he just stuck with it forever or whatever. And it's always been this running. Oh man, what does it really stand for? I think it stands for cash money, and he got it, yeah. so fuck off. And and, uh, and speaking of cash money, CM Punk's dumbass, so obviously he you know he was talking shit about Colt Cabana in the press conference and was like, oh, well, he shares a bank account with his mom, trying to throw digs at him. Well, Colt Cabana's brother is the director of Family Guy 
the TV yeah. show, and he's like, yeah, my brother's the director of Family Guy, also shares a bank account with our mother. Yeah. Like – yeah, and then I, okay. I don't think my favorite my favorite think, thing about that fact is that I'm seeing comments of people being like, "Oh, Cole Cobana just doesn't make any money. He's just leeching off his brother and his exactly." His, I'm like, what are you talking about? What are you talking con- he's a about? Wrestler. He's dude. He's the. I think we is that oh, a free like. Wait, what did his, you just he's say? Original podcast guy, like he's making fucking money. Like you said, like dude, like shut the fuck up, CM Punk. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I mean, Cole Cobana laid out the roadmap for what all of the other indies went on to do that even led to AEW really existing. If you want to look at it that way, like he helped spark pro wrestling tees. Like exactly. Yeah. I mean, if it weren't for companies like that and looking at seeing an indie actually be able to make a living doing that kind of shit, I'm sorry, but guys like the bucks and anybody else that followed that whole trend the entire time wouldn't have had that leg to stand on. I mean, all I'm I saying think, is yeah. I love some fucking Colt Cabana and I've never really cared about CM Punk that much. He's just been like, oh, yeah, he's had some good matches. Great match with MJF. Some cool things in WWE. But, dude, I definitely like I enjoy Colt Cabana. I listen I, to his shit. But CM Punk. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I think I think Colt Cabana is now poised for a hell of a run. <laughs> I think what? that I think that when they do get Ring of Honor on a TV or streaming or whatever, that Colt Cabana is down for a hell of a run. Like he's going to get a massive. Oh, dude. Yeah. Massive give him a, push a title Honor. run. Something. Yeah. I think it, I think it's gonna be great. Dude, I'm Cabana excited. Jericho right now, like it, like if they do get like weekly, Dude, that'd be a great match. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm into it. I mean, I'm into it, man. I'm excited. Uh, speaking of into it, let's get into this week's topic, man. This week's topic, we get to poo-poo on all the stupid things that we don't like, and these are some of my favorite favorite episodes. Um, some of these are probably gonna be a little controversial. Um, and then some of them are going to be like obvious, but it is what it is. You got to call it out and you got to poo poo all over it. So I don't know. I have um, a feeling our list are, we may have a couple similar things, but I feel like they might be all over the place. Yeah, that's there's been a lot of factions. So I said, yeah. I said the similar thing off air too. And I'm, I'm curious to see how this turns out. Well, let's find out Jesse, get us started here at number five. My number five worst faction ever almost went higher on my list. It's a TNA faction from the very early days of NWA TNA. And when I say early, okay. I mean asylum. Oh, God. I, this might be on my list. Uh-oh. Sports Entertainment Extreme. <laughs> That's or, also my number five, so I'll let you uh, nice, l- nice. go on more. <laughs> For those who uh, haven't made the connection with NWA TNA, which mm-hmm. we had scantily clad strippers dancing in cages, and then their primary faction at the time is called Sex. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, this was 2002, 2003. Vince Russo. Vince Russo's very, very sad attempt at doing an NWO-style takeover of a brand-new company that hadn't been taken over by anybody debuted as Vince Russo under a hood calling himself Mr. Wrestling 3. Mr. Wrestling fucking 3. Like, the worst. And the initial members are him, BG James, and the fucking Harris brothers, who <laughs> I'm gonna give you a spoiler alert, appear three times on my list. So, <laughs> <laughs> but they're a it, bunch of fucking Nazis, uh, and we hate them. They just stuff. wound up. They they wind up just adopting mo- a whole bunch of people on the roster. It's a fucking mess. At some point in time, Russo they cut this terrible, stupid, nonsensical angle. Russo leaves. Then it gets taken over for a period of time by Glenn. Disco Inferno fucking Gilberti. 
And AJ I don't Styles think- was in it too as the NWA World Heavyweight Champion, by the way, which was it, it, it was a it was a TNA decision. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll end my experience. What a time to be alive, boys! What a time to be alive. I mean, you pretty much that. That's I was gonna point out. Yeah, Disco Inferno, whole Mister Wrestling Three. I mean, that that was my number five. Skipper Uh, was in there too. Crazy that we both got the same one for just. Me and J- Jesse saw this shit live. So yeah. Oh, same, bro. No, well, we all three saw this live, dude. I was so at every it's just, Wednesday it's, pay-per-view. Yeah. It was I, mean, I genuinely think I missed like two of them. Like the entire time they ran in Nashville, I was, I was there. Yeah, I will say Vince Russo's influence probably pops up a couple more times on both of our lists, I want to say, if yeah. I'm you know, correct. But well, uh, uh, yeah, since that was my number five, too, I'll go ahead and send it back to Daniel for number four. Yeah. So my number five here. Um, is also a TNA um, faction. Hopefully this is not too big of a trend. But <laughs> my top five, my number five oh, worst five. faction of all time is Immortal. Uh, TNA faction. Oh, my God. Okay. This faction started in October of 2010, right? It went until just April of 2012. So it's almost exactly 18 months. So in a year and a half, this is why the main re- – okay. First of all, all the stories were shit. All of them. Like not one good, not one good storyline out of this. I just want to list all these members in 18 months that they went through. Abyss, Eric Bischoff, Hulk Hogan, Jeff Hardy, Jeff Jarrett, Gunner, Murphy, Jackson James, the referee, Rob Terry, Matt Hardy, Karen Jarrett, Ric Flair, Bully Ray, Tommy Dreamer, Chris Harris, Scott Steiner, Mr. Anderson, and Kurt Angle. What? How <laughs> and why? Why? What? In that in eighteen months, you put all of these people in this one faction. I mean, they were like ninety percent of them weren't ever at the same time. It's like back and forth, and then for a while they were like blended with another faction called Fortune, which is a totally different story. It's just Fortune. It's, oh yeah, fuck. Oh I my god, dude. Okay, Immortal. I feel like the only reason why it's not number one is because literally no one was watching TNA at this point. It's true. Like, and I actually have a best of 2007 <laughs> TNA DVD. Ugh. No, yeah, t- but 2007 was way better. We're we're talking about like 2011, 2012. Oh no, oh never mind. Like, well, no, never mind. I, I have a no. I have a best of 2007, correct? But I also have a best of that has Bischoff and Hogan on the front. So. Oh, uh, yeah. that's probably 2010. Yeah, that, yeah, that would have had to have been 10 or after. Yeah, it might have been 11. Yeah, but it was anyway, it was bad either way. Yeah. Number five, immortal. We're just showing TNA all the poo poo right now. Um, Jesse, number four, your number four worst faction of all time. So my number four technically is a tie, but they're they're interchangeable and they're the same fucking thing to me, really, which would be I'm going to the worst one first. Los Bariquas. Oh, okay. And the Disciples of Apocalypse. Okay. <laughs> they're they're essentially the same thing. Both Nation of Domination offshoots. Both of them made me want to shut my fucking television off every time they came on the screen. None of the matches were worth a shit at all. The whole fucking storyline and everything, if you go back and watch a lot of that shit, which Daniel, I'm sure you've seen here recently, is like abundantly, yeah. abundantly racist. I mean, it's oh, I just, I, I just I literally fast forward through the matches because they're so bad. And uh, also, you know, DOA, once again, second appearance, Harris Brothers. Yeah. Two Nazis. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we got primetime Brian Lee, fake yeah. taker, making his triumphant WWE return as Chains, who was going to lead the faction when Crush walked out in protest of the Montreal Screwjob, which I find fucking hilarious because no one cared that Crush left at all. 
Literally uh, no one. Yeah. Most Bariquas. Kona Crush, baby. Here's the deal with Bariquas. Everybody in that faction has a legitimate background outside of the United States and actually a really good one. And uh, three of them are second generation wrestlers. And I think one might even be third. But they have the ability in the ring. But this gimmick and this whole thing fell so fucking flat to me, especially for everything else that was going on at the time. And if you look at the rest of the card on all these shows, it just made no fucking sense to me. It was the absolute worst. So, yes, that's my number four. That's a good one because I never understood that whole gang warfare thing they tried to do. Ugh. So yeah, so yeah. Also, my number four is also Los Los Bariquas, by the way. So oh, no we way. are kind of kind of matching up here in, in a weird <laughs> you had way. Doubles already. Um, yeah, I didn't even list the disciples of apocalypse because I just didn't. I just the Los Bariquas thing was really weird to me because of like the rapping and like how they were originally like looked like they were in like the Cuban Miami suits and then like all of a sudden went to like boy meets world gear like they're wearing like Paco jeans and like <laughs> like but it's not even like thuggish it's like literally like baggy jeans and like a long sleeve green and blue t-shirt with like an orange t-shirt over top and it's like what is happening like it just it made no sense they ne- dressed and like they got 90s to a, teenagers yeah and, and honestly after like bad bloodish like towards like the fall and winter they were just on tv wrestling people like there was never a story with them but they were always together it was just dumb. It just made yeah. no sense. It was a useless faction. Yeah, number four for me, also Los Barik, was Wex, your number four worst ever faction. Number four is also kind of like what Jesse said. It's a tie because I couldn't really choose which was the worst, but it's uh, two iterations of a good faction, and that's NWO 2000 and or just WWE NWO. And they were just both – Horse shit. That's my number shit. one worst faction of all time, by the way. Your number one WWE my, NWO? No, NWO 2000 is my NWO number 2000? one. Well, my number three. God damn it. We're all on the same level here. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't, I mean, literally Bret Hart being the leader of the NWO with Jeff Jarrett. And it's just, yeah, it was so weak. And then Scott Hall was in there for like a cup of tea. Then he fucking left. And then we all know the WWE NWO. It just it didn't fucking work. They tried to rehash it, and then you get Shawn Michaels and Big Show and Booker T. Like Booker T in the NWO, nah. Like what yeah, the? It was he terrible. was he was one of the main NWO fighters through like the whole fucking thing. That'd be like it just doesn't make any fucking sense to me. And it was just a sh- both were shit iterations. Uh, I think Vince Ros- Vince Russo had something to do with NWO 2000. Am I correct? Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna. I, I have plenty to say about this, so I'm gonna. I'm gonna save my piece since it's my. All right, we'll go. Over. I'll let you go ahead and uh, get your piece <laughs> off on this one. <laughs> I'm gonna save mine. Oh no, you say okay. We'll save it for yeah. the end. But I'm just gonna yeah. say, yeah, the two shitty NWO iterations come in at number four for me. That's fair. That's very fair. But we got so, Daniel's number four, so yeah. now we know my number three, which is also NWO 2000, and drumroll please, the third appearance by the Harris brothers. On this list, because once Steiner joined, they became yep. yeah. members. Of yes, the they fucking <laughs> did. God damn it. I forgot. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, I kind of knew you were going there with it. I didn't know exactly where it was going to fall on your list. Um, I'm going to go with my number three here then. My number three worst faction of all time is just a pitiful um, offshoot. They're trying to capitalize on the DX name. It's the oh, X Factor. No way. That's my number three also. Yeah. X Factor is number three. Worst faction of all time. Just incredible. Who is, I mean, he is Percocet 
Percocet it out for the majority of this run, as is X Pac. Poor Albert is like just sticks out like a sore thumb. You can tell he doesn't even like get along with those dudes. It's like the vibe is just so cold. It's so awkward. There's nothing of value. Um, so yeah, number three X Factor, worst worst faction of all time. It was short lived, thank God, but it was there and it existed and it was terrible. Yeah, that was also my number three. So I mean, fuck. All the same reason you said one of the worst theme songs of all time. They took a random Uncle Cracker song and put, Ugh. yo, you're dealing with the X Factor. And then it just completely transitioned into some bullshit that didn't even fit the vibe. Yeah. It was just X-Pac and PJ Polacco, the homies getting fucked up on pills, traveling with A-Train. Is yeah. basically what was going on at the time. And it, Made no it was sense. trash. It was yep. all about trash. Yep. And that's like what defined <clears throat> what last week's episode was about. Go away heat, X-Pac heat, like – that was the genesis of X Pac Heat. Yes, it was for sure. It was for sure. And now here we are into the silver medals. Uh, the silver medals here, uh, Jesse Baker, your runner up to the, the the second to worst faction of all time here for you. I got to throw in one little nod to the X Factor thing who did almost make my list. But uh, one of the more depressing things is that when they were coming up with theme song ideas for X Factor, originally Red Hot Chili Peppers was trying to work with WWE and wanted to be the theme song for that faction. And X-Pac turned it down in favor of doing Uncle Cracker because he was friends with that camp of people. Kid Rock. Jesus fuck. X, dude, Sean, what did you do? I don't even like Red Hot Chili Peppers, but I really don't like fucking Uncle Cracker, so. Yeah, it would have been better. Um, My silver medal, top five. This would be number two. Worst factions ever. Misfits in action from WCW. The old MIA. <laughs> Ooh, nice. Which took – it was just a reason to get people on TV. I understand that. They had some of the worst backstage, like, army-themed promos. You know, you got Hugh Morris as General Hugh G. Rection, who got promoted to Captain Hugh G. Rection once Booker T. resumed his very, very first ever wrestling gimmick, G.I. Bro, and came G.I. Bro, classic, which he uh, also resurrected for a Bad Bunny music video last year, two years ago. Key wrecked. You also had, um, you know, the world famous superstar of superstars, Lash LaRue, who got renamed Corporal Cajun. You have Chavo fucking Guerrero as Lieutenant Loco, Major Stash, who is Van Hammer, Major Gunn, who is Tylene Buck, Sergeant AWOL, who is the wall, Jerry Tweet. Tylene I mean, like, Buck, my goodness. The worst fucking gear. It's just a bunch of tie dye and like non gear, pretty much. And not a one of them at that point in time was wrestling worth a shit. I mean, you have Chavo Guerrero and let's be honest, you can say what you want to build a lot, both very talented in ring. You wouldn't have known it from this. I mean, it yeah. was, it was just all the fucking worst. This is like peak. Why WCW failed right here. Like this is one of the biggest, most shining examples ever. Misfits in action, my silver medal, worst faction of all time. Nice. 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 Indeed. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's pretty terrible. It's a, it's a valid, valid choice. Uh, Wax, where are you at? Number two. Also, my number two is, I think, a stable that was one of the reasons that WCW failed, and that is the New Blood, Ooh. which was one of the dumbest fucking things. They made the Millionaire's Club with all the old guys, and then the New Blood was like all the basically like three factions put together. It was like the Filthy Animals natural born thrillers and just a bunch of other people together. And it was 
it was probably one of the dumbest fucking things that ever happened. They had people doing like versions of the other wrestlers in the Millionaires Club's gimmicks. It was a Vince Russo thing. It was probably one of the dumbest fucking things. Yeah. And like, it was on the. It was probably one of the largest factions ever. Maybe close to NWO. You had at okay, the all these people were members. David Arquette, Mike Awesome, Buff Bagwell, Bam Bam Bigelow, Booker T, Crowbar, Disco Inferno, Shane Douglas, David Flair, Goldberg, Hooventude, Bret Hart, Horace Hogan, Mark Jindrak, Johnny the Bull, Chris Canyon, Billy Kidman, Conan, Ernest the Cat Miller, Rey Mysterio, Sean O'Hare, Chuck Palumbo, Reno, Mike Sanders, Sean Stasiak, Lance Storm, Vampiro, Big Vito, and formerly of NWO 2000, The Wall. Formerly of Another, NWO 2000. That's <laughs> uh, so good. Yeah, no, trash. That's good. Just more Vince yeah, Russo trash. trash. And that literally, New Blood Rising was the last pay-per-view, correct? Uh, I believe it was, was either it Sin or Greed. I think Sin was the last one. Sin. Yeah. But New Blood Rising was in that same time period. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's like that. It was Those were the last three. I think it was yeah, like this January, was, that, New this Blood was the Rising. the storylines in those Sin pay-per-views. Was February, and then Greed was March. And then they closed in April. Okay. I think that's yeah. what it was still that same. The it was on the tail end, the ass end of them fucking going yeah. out of business. Yeah, it was definitely on the ass end of them going out of business. It was not good. Um, this is good. This is good. I've also come up with a alternative number one, by the way. So uh, I'm gonna get into my number two though. My number two worst faction of all time. I'm surprised it's not on the list yet. I really hope I'm not stealing anybody's number one. But for me, it's PMS, the Pretty Mean Sisters. Oh, my God. Number featuring two. Meat. Featuring Meat. <laughs> A.K.A. <laughs> Sean Stasiak. This, literally, I was explaining this concept to my girlfriend the other day. I was like, there was a wrestler named Meat who had a staple <laughs> of women called PMS. Who, yes. And Jesus Just bond all over him. That's, all, that's literally all they did. Um, yeah, it's Terry, Jacqueline, Ryan Shamrock. And meat. So, yeah, it was a very short-lived faction, but it's very vivid. Like, everybody remembers meat. Everybody oh, yeah. remembers I used to pick it. up everybody in WrestleMania 2000 PMS. sometimes because it's fun. It wasn't very, like, it didn't last very long. Like, we're talking months. It didn't even last a year. It was, like, a few months. That was it. Vince saw it wasn't working. But, man, it was bad. I mean, it was terrible, terrible. His matches were terrible. It was so cringy. It's, like, none – trust me, dude. None of that stuff would ever happen today. The jokes – we just didn't land either, so it just felt awkward. Yeah, not good. PMS terrible. Um, go look at it. Go look at it if you want to just cringe. That ruined Sean Stasiak's career. Yeah, straight up. Oh yeah, yeah, he recovered. I think him taping wrestlers probably pre- ruined his career, but you know. Oh, he's so he's on that Velveteen Dream type kick. But all right. Nah, I think they're working on an angle, but that that's neither here nor there. Um. Yeah. So yeah. Are we had is that everybody's number two? Are we done with yeah. number twos? Yeah, that's right. number two. Number ones. Let's go. Let's go. Here we go. And number ones here, Jesse Baker. What's your number one worst faction of all time? Gold medal for me. We said it at the top of the show. E's gonna E. You want to talk peak racism, peak stereotypes, peak misuse of talent. None of the talent involved in this ever recovered in any way in any company, to my knowledge, in America. And that's the fucking Mexicools. The Mexicals. <laughs> God damn oh, it, yeah. dude. Like, they were three legendary guys on their own right before that. I know. Oh, my God. It's so and sad. You had them come in. It wasn't until 2005. But in 2005, to be fair, WWE was trying to push the cruiserweight division. And they had a bunch of stuff with, like, Gregory Helms, Kid Cash is in the, in the situation right then, Jamie Noble. So when Matt Hardy, like, 
was during the time that he was involved with it as well. They were trying to push cruiserweights on SmackDown like a motherfucker. And you bring in Juventud Guerrera, super crazy, who's arguably like one of the most talented Dude, and most so good. superstars in ECW history. And not even that long before that, like six years before that, when they were look, there seven, I think, when they were trying to do Super Astros and they were WWF was trying to do a Mexican television show, did it for a little while. Super crazy was one of the ones that Bruce Pritchard wanted the most. And yeah. Pritchard's still with the company at this time. And fucking psychosis, who, you know, probably should have kept the mask. I'm not going sh- definitely should have kept the mask. Yeah. But a thousand percent should have kept the mask. Yeah. Such a sick in the mask. ring, the fucking legend. I mean, absolutely legendary performer. And they're coming out on goddamn lawnmowers that literally oh, say, dude. they literally say one deer on the side. Oh my god. And I mean, it's just the fucking worst. And it's just like continuous vine- like vignettes of awful, awful Latin American stereotypes. The promos were fucking terrible. The matches wound up being like really not that great. Go back and watch the pay-per-views they were a part of in 2005. Very quickly, they kind of blast Hoovy off into trying to do cruiserweight stuff. And then Super Crazy and Psychosis are like in the tag team division. Came close a couple times, never got the gold. But it also only lasted for a very brief period of time. It was like June of 2005 until uh, Hoovy got fired in January 2006. And then they split the rest of the team up like four months later. Yeah. But yeah. Takes the cake for me just because it was so fucking awful to watch and the biggest waste of fucking talent that I've ever seen. Ugh. You're dead on there. You're dead on. The Mexico Schools was a terrible, terrible faction. I completely agree. Can't go wrong with that pick. Wex, your number one overall worst faction of all time. Who is it be? My number one, because it's in such recent memory and pissed me off so much and probably was the worst thing that AEW has ever done. <laughs> and that is the Nightmare Collective. That, that was on my that was on my first list. What? The Nightmare what? Collective, which it was Brandy Rhodes, Luther, Mel, and Awesome Kong. And they I have forced no it, kept trying to make it work, and it was just Fucking garbage. Mel shaved her. Like they were doing the whole straight edge society thing. Like, oh, we're going to shave your head. They made Mel shave her head for the faction. And it was trash. And they really, in the early days of W of AEW, they pushed this shit super hard. And then awesome. Kong no had to go film glow. You don't even remember it. Do you? Not at all. Not yeah. one. So awesome. In, Kong had to go film bit. glow. So they like put her out of the faction, but they kept trying to run with it for, and it didn't work. It was fucking garbage. It, Brandy Rhodes is a not a good wrestler. She fucking sucks. Like we all know this. Yeah. I don't care if she's wrestled for TNA, Japan, wherever she's wrestled, she still sucks at it. And they Her just really tried to go with this part. Are fucking terrible. Oh. oh yeah, the promos were terrible. The matches were terrible. Everything about it. And like Luther, you know, luckily recovered and still in AEW. You know, he he still still appears on Dark very often. But man, whatever happened to Mel? She, that ruined her fucking career. She disappeared after that. And Brandy Rhodes still fucking sucks. It was yeah. the worst thing AEW has ever done. Even worse than the early days of the Dark Order. It was quite literally dog shit. Okay, are you guys ready? Yes. I don't know why I didn't think of this one earlier. Because it should be number it, it this one this one would have beat out NWO 2000 anyway. Uh, I'm glad that we already shit all over NWO 2000. It was definitely worthy of making anyone's list anywhere on the list one to five it would have made sense, right? Um, I will say this, however, around the same time period, WCW just continued to make terrible, terrible, terrible decisions. 
My number one worst faction of all time is also very racially charged. It's the West Texas Rednecks. Oh, oh my God. I almost fucking rap forgot about crap, that. Bro. Rap is crap, bro. Rap is crap. And good old boys, they were they a country it, band. They played it live downtown Nashville. Yeah. Rap yep. is crap. You got Kurt Henning, Bobby Duncan Jr., Barry Wyndham, Kendall Wyndham later after he kicked Kurt out and became the new front man because, you know, Kendall Wyndham was way over than Kurt Henning. That makes real, like, total sense. Um, and then Curly Bill. And it ended up with just Kendall William and Curly Bill as a tag team. So, yeah, I mean, it's just garbage. I mean, like, n- everything they did was racist. Everything, I mean, all the way down to uh, their confrontation with Silk the Shocker and uh, the rest of the No Limit no Soldiers. No Limit Soldiers, yeah, dude. I, yeah. I was a No Limit Soldiers fan. I had the fucking chain the emblem, so fuck the West Texas Rednecks. See, I was <laughs> more of a... Uh, I was more of a cash money guy. Silk the Shocker, a, worst no rapper guy. of all time, by the way, but still. But still. You ever say worst of all time? Oh, dude, he's pretty fucking bad. Go back oh, he's to the ter- shit. He's offbeat as he's fuck. He's terrible, bro, but there's some mumble rappers that are just god-awful. Yeah. I, I, well, I would say in <laughs> yeah. the in the good age of rap, Silk the Shocker, Birdman, worst fucking rappers of all time that got recognition. <laughs> the Go listen to any of their shit. It's garbage. Go listen to it. It's garbage. Yeah, match with the fair. No Limit Soldiers with fucking swole, yeah. big ass bodyguard yep. motherfucker. Yep. Jesus yep. Christ. Yep, yep, yep. Hey, I still uh, listen to Master Pete daily. Wh- a nice little note about this that I just learned: they are their hit song "Rap Is Crap" uh, did chart at number two hundred and twelve <laughs> on the Billboard Top whatever. So um, there's that, and it was on the album WCW Mayhem: The Music. Um, yeah, man, it's, it's crazy. They filmed a bunch of stuff at the Grand Ole Opry here in a good old Nashville, Tennessee. And that is that. And that's going to conclude <laughs> our top five factions of all time. I love poo-pooing on things. That was really fun, but, uh, we're definitely not going to do that every week. We're going to do something a little bit more fun next week. But before we get into next week's topic, let's get into my favorite game. My favorite game is who am I women of wrestling? Um, it's going to be awesome. I'm super excited about it. Does everybody have their pick this week? I do. And I'm talking into the mic. Nice. There you go. You're doing a great job. Um, Jesse, since you were right there, Johnny on the spot on the mic, let's, uh, let's, uh, let's get your three facts and let's play a little. Who am I? Okay. All right. I am a three time AWA and one time WWF. Women's champion. Okay. Hmm. I am in the WWF Hall of Fame. Oh, no, I think we have the same one. Uh, I was afraid of that. Go ahead. Keep going. I, I, was tra- I was trained by and won my WWF Women's Championship from the fabulous Moolah. Was I an amazing manager after I wrestled? Yes. I Can I guess? Who this is. Can we say it at the same time? One, One two, two, three. three. Sensational, sensational, theory. scary sister Sherry. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. That was my who am I as well. I can come up with another one very quickly. Oh uh, really? Damn. Well, y'all both chose Sherry. All right. I mean, she's great, dude. She's yeah. she's amazing. I got um, another person from her time period. So okay, okay, let's let's go, let's go. You do you go ahead go? with yours? Yeah. Okay, I got my start in wrestling by running the Lanny Poffo fan club. 
The Lanny Poffo Fan Club? The Lanny Poffo Fan Club. That existed? Yes. I am a multi-time world champion through three different companies, including the AWA. Okay. And you got your start with a Lanny Poffo fan club. Got my start running the Lanny Poffo fan club. All right. And this one is, uh, I found this one out doing some research. I was on divorce court in 2009 suing my my boyfriend for running over my cat. (laughs) Uh, Um... Did I ever valet for Scott Steiner? No, you did not valet for Scott Steiner. I'm saying closer to the, like I said, the Sherry era because she was in the AWA. So think about that. Yeah, the person I was talking about was too. Um, Okay. Was she, and she was a WWF world champion? No, never wrestled for the WWF. Ooh, okay. Except for a house show one time. (sighs) Okay. Um, Did I valet after wrestling? No. Hmm. Like, he was never in WCW or WWF. Never in WCW or WWF, ever. Nope. Just in AWA. AWA, UWF. And uh, that's where she was world champions at. I will. I'll give you one. Sort of a local legend. I don't know if that'll spoil it. Nope. <laughs> questions? Uh, I got nothing, bro. I'm so local I, yeah. legend, women's championship wrestler. That doesn't give it to you guys. Not at all. You guys nah. not know your Tennessee wrestling history? I guess not. I guess not well enough for this one. All right. Do you guys want to hear it? Yeah, I want to hear it. I want to hear it because there's no it's way. I'm Candy Divine never would have gotten that. Never in a million okay. years. Never. You could have set me never? on a desert island. I would have never, not one time, guessed it. Not one time ever. I met her before she died and everything. Yeah, I had no idea, man. I don't even. I don't ever remember her hearing her name ever. Ever. You don't even know who she is. I have no idea who she is. I, no, I don't. I, really? I, I don't. I don't either. I got to be honest with you. Yeah, I have no clue. Really, she was born here. Had her first match in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Died here. Like I said, I multiple no time AWA women's champion, UWF women's world champion. Was trained by Jackie Fargo. Yeah, I never would have guessed it, man. Nope. Never would have guessed it. I don't even know it. who she is, though, which is fucking wild, which that's, a, I guess, a little education piece here on the podcast. Yeah. I suppose so. Yeah. 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 Candy Divine. Right. I feel like, y'all, I guess, y'all, do y'all just not ever heard of her or know about her or anything? No. At all? No. No. Wild. Well, y'all do yeah. some research. Yeah, we'll do some research. We'll look up Candy Divine. We'll get the uh, the listeners to look up Candy Divine too and tell us what you what you find and what you what you think. Um, okay, I am going to give you a new one. I got my new one. Okay, okay. All right, here we go. I am a seven time WWE Women's Champion. I got worst match of the year in two thousand and two. I am a WWE Hall of Famer. Trish Stratus. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah, because her, her 2002, she was her wrestling was not that good. It got a lot yeah. better. Yeah. 
Well, she didn't really have a lot of wonderful dance partners either. Let's just hey, be Jazz honest. was her best opponent in those days, to be honest. Totally. And Jazz was just beating the shit out of her, really. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was great. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it was what it was. Um, but yeah, man. Well, next week we are doing our top five women of wrestling. So I'm sure you're going to hear a lot of these names again, but just in different orders. Uh, and when we're praising people, it's a lot easier when we have this kind of the same list. We can just kind of say our spiel when we get to them. So, I, I mean... Sadly, um, it's it's only been since the past 25 years at most um, where women's wrestling has really been appreciated and respected for what it can be and what it has become today. Um, I feel so, like it was kind of cool in the 80s and then it kind of yeah, 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 backed yeah. off and then came Yeah, back. but it was very different. It wasn't like those matches were cat fight matches. They yeah, weren't yeah, wrestled right. like the way you know we all enjoy pro wrestling. So um, there might be a lot more modern women on our lists, um, but also – there might be some just, you know, some classic throwbacks as well that kind of paved the way. I'm super excited about next week. Uh, Speaking and of, we're, look up Candy Divine. Yeah, look we'll look up, up Candy Divine for sure. Before we get out of here, though, I do want to do a Would You Rather. Um, and since we've been talking about women, since the topic next week is women. And before we get into the Would You Rather, Jesse, would you like to uh, maybe uh, talk about a possible, possible guest for next week? I know we don't have confirmation yet, but possible guest. Yeah, a uh, very longtime friend of mine who is a big fan of wrestling and i've had some of my most fun doing watch alongs and stuff like that with this person uh my good friend jessica rosenberg we're going to invite her nice. to join for the show next week so as long as schedules pan out and all that fun stuff hopefully we will have a special guest yes i had a very uh, spirited discussion with her at our exit in show uh, she made it very clear that she her perspective should be heard on our platform. And so I promised her I would give her a chance to express herself. And I feel like talking about the women of wrestling next week is going to be perfect for it. Um, we got a big debut uh, with Paige slash Soraya coming back to AEW. Um, and I think that, you know, I, I don't think that there's been any confirmation on if she's going to wrestle or not, but it does look like she is going to wrestle, which is kind of crazy. She can definitely go and all that stuff. Yeah. And I feel like it's one of those things where the WWE doctors wouldn't clear her, but all the other ones would, like all these other wrestlers. Yeah, well, I, I so feel like a few months ago she said like on her Twitch that she was cleared. She was just scared. She was just that she had been hurt so many times that it like it was like the stress and anxiety of wrestling again was just whatever. And maybe she was working. Maybe she just wanted to finish her promo. You know, maybe she was just trying to finish the rest of that contract and get out of there. Um, who knows? And if she was, that's her prerogative. Good for her, whatever. Um, but I do want to do a would you rather. So let's assume right now that Paige slash Soraya is going to be wrestling, right? Um, I don't think there's any argument that when she was wrestling full time, she was top tier, a top oh, yeah. tier women's wrestler. So let's assume that she's going to be at that level now. So let's say today, would you rather have Soraya or would you rather have Becky Lynch? I'm going. Go. I'm going. Man, I'm going. Soraya at this point, or Soraya, however you say it, because the, lately Becky Lynch ain't been doing it for me. I gotta go, Soraya. I just I think the in-ring work is more compelling, and I think the promos are better. Uh, I, I'm not trying to down on Lynch, but I do think the promos are better, and I think that you know Lynch has some versatility mm-hmm. that I think Soraya may not have, but mm-hmm. I, I I do think Soraya is in the long run the better get and has more of a, a crossover appeal to like. Drawing in dudes, drawing in older adults that watch wrestling, but also drawing in the youth and especially young ladies. She's got a Hollywood movie about her life. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Not knocking it. Um, 
I I think at this point I would still go Becky Lynch just because I do feel like I agree that like her material in her promos hasn't been so great, but there's no doubt that she could talk. I mean, I don't I don't I mean she's a she is a good promo. The I think the writing has been pretty piss poor. Hopefully now that you know I feel like Triple H took over and she got hurt. She hasn't been gone and she's been gone. You know so like hopefully when she comes back the landscape will have kind of settled into the new Triple H era. She'll find her place easily and hop back into it. I think there's, she still has a lot to offer. I think our matches have been kind of some of the brighter points of, of uh, a, a poorly booked, at least um, women's division over the past couple year or so, I should say. Um, but yeah, I'm going Becky Lynch here. How about, uh, how about Soraya or let's say Britt Baker? I mean, you got, those are your top two women in, in AEW. If you had to start a company, which one are you picking? Soraya, Soraya going with her over Britt Baker. She has more star power, more – if we're trying to make money, new promotion, it's like you can't deny that. I think I might go with Britt on this one only because, I, I again, I am I am thinking about that combination of bell-to-bell and promos, and I got to say I do think Britt's got it on the promo. But does she have a video with Brad Maddox and Xavier Woods? No. Oh, Jesus. God. Okay. <laughs> I had to do it. I had to do it. I mean I'm going to say, though, I mean you didn't have to do it. But. <laughs> no, I, I, I definitely 100% had to do it. Uh, that's fair. Somebody, I mean, I figured, I mean, you know, somebody was going to say it, but it's going to come up, but, oh my yeah. God, that in original NXT women's championship. Sheesh. <laughs> Let's, uh, yeah. So for me, I, I'm going Baker too. I think that Baker is the better overall package. And I hope that this is not a trend because I picked the other one over. Sorry. I do. I do like her a lot. Um, but I just feel like she's got a lot to prove still, you know, uh, it's been a long time since she wrestled, whether she can still wrestle or not, it still remains to be seen. Um, but you know, assuming that she can, it's still been a long time. And I would say that like, even in the years that she's been gone, the women's wrestling has evolved even better than it was then. Um, so hopefully she can still hang. And I mean, I want, do you know, she's younger than Britt Baker. Yeah. Oh, that makes sense to me. Uh, Yeah. 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 I mean, they start wrestling when they're like fucking 12 in the UK. So last one, last one here, you got Soraya and you got. Charlotte. I feel like those are the two, the top names in women's wrestling period. Which ones are you picking? Wex. That's very tough. Mm. I'm about to go Charlotte with that one. Mm. Makes sense to she's me. She's just, Makes sense. at this point, she's been got like, she's just, even though Paige is huge, she's like up here. Charlotte's just a little bit higher. She's got that legacy. Like she's yeah, been wrestling sure. this whole time. Yeah. Yeah, my dad's a wrestling god. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. I gotta go Soraya because I, I, to be honest, I think she's probably easier to work with overall, and I think that at the end of the day, it's probably better matches, and I think she's got more left in the tank. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I maybe she does. Maybe she doesn't. I think for me, for me personally, I feel like I have seen the ceiling. Of, of Charlotte Flair. It's great. It's amazing. She's a Hall of Famer. She's a legend as it is now. But I've seen the ceiling. I don't know if I've seen the ceiling for, for Soraya yet. And I would argue that the fame level is right now pretty equal. So I would actually, this is my, my only time I, I picked her in this, in this would you rather, but I, I think I'd rather have Soraya this time. And I and you guys, I I give Charlotte Flair all the props in the world. And it was a fine, fine line for, for, for me. Yeah. It's not like that. Yeah. She was... Like I said, she's here and she's just like barely over. I get it. Totally get it. Nobody's mad. Makes sense. Um, I'm into it, man. I'm into it. We've got a lot. This has been a great show. 
uh, factions, talking women wrestling next week a little bit more. Uh, top five ever, in our opinion, women of wrestling. Um, I'm, I'm super excited about it. It's going to be an awesome show. Um, yeah. Before we get out of here, though, I, we kind of touched on it a little bit. We, it kind of came up. We were talking about the Velveteen Dream thing. Um, uh, th- there's been like a little bit of drama there with Velveteen Dream and EC3 on Instagram. Do you guys think this is like a create your own narrative like thing? Did EC3 kind of get with him and like, hey, let's work a Twitter thing since he's lost pretty much everybody else? Patrick Clark is available. They're trying to work a real life thing and make a match out of it. You think that's what's going to happen? Or oh, is it no. just a shoot I think because he's in like Patrick Clark's in like real legal trouble right now. So like I don't think it's an angle. I don't think it's an angle because I think I mean he's a, he got a minor he got a minor possession charge. He's not in real legal trouble. No, no, he got some more. He got like no they Patrick Clark. Missed, he got a they he got a lot more assault. than just a minor possession charge. He got like. A bunch of other shit. That was that's what violated his probation to make him go back to jail. Yeah, 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 yeah. But he's already they, out. Yeah, and they dismissed the assault charge thing. And yeah. The, um, so I mean, I don't know how much trouble he's currently in, but he's, he's I, still on probation. EC3 is one of those dudes who, you know, despite the fact that the control your narrative thing has turned out to be, you know, a fart in church. Basically, he does still have work pretty much all over the place. I mean, he's running around NWA. He's running around Ring of Honor just a little. I mean, I think the dude has opportunity, and I don't think he would wreck it by working with somebody who is so kind of universally seen as toxic in the wrestling industry right now and has not worked in such a long time. That's the sole reason that I don't think it's a work. That's fair. I mean, I feel like it could be just because I could – I mean, I, I, first of all, I don't see – I mean, I know he's like kind of been seen with the, on the Ring of Honor thing, but it, I mean, not since it's been owned by Tony, and I don't think Tony's going to have anything to do with EC3. So, like – EC3 is a walking fucking steroid at this point. It's, he looks yeah, disgusting. I mean, to me, it's like they're both black sheep. And in all honesty, I think the best thing that could either one of them could do is try to make an angle out of it. I think, I mean, do something on fight TV or whatever. That's pro- I mean, I'm not saying you're going to get a lot of buzz out of it, but like it's more than either one of you have. And at least like, you know, Patrick Clark at least needs tape. I mean, you're right. He does have this like toxic vibe to him. And like the last little run in with the law didn't help. But I mean, you take away that getting pulled over in that one paraphernalia charge, that violation of probation or whatever. And I don't really, I mean, he hasn't been in much trouble other than it's like that one recent thing really stepped on him. Cause I did kind of see like the Twitter world kind of starting to kind of like, maybe we can maybe allow like something to happen here. Yeah. It's and not like boom. he's Brett and Favre like, and stole welfare man. money from the poorest state in the country to help build a volleyball stadium for his daughter, you know? Okay. So it, that's it's just it's not, not that a bad. correct narrative at all though. I mean, but yeah, well, I don't want to get in. That's a totally different thing. That's a political thing. I uh, know. That's just funny, but fuck Brett Favre. Regardless, he's been a, he's been slimy ever since he quit fucking playing football anyways. Yeah. I mean, realistically that should be on his business manager though. The whole likelihood of him having any idea where any of that money actually came oh, from. Oh no, no. Text messages already came out where he's like, he clearly knew what was going on. So he was like, yeah. Oh, sh-. he goes, is, is the media going to be able to find out about this? Like, nah, he, he knew fuck Brett Favre. McNair was better. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. But, I mean, that's I don't think that's debatable. Yeah, exactly. Uh, ah, fuck it. But McNair yeah. might not have been a very good person himself, but, uh, you know, whatever. <laughs> nor here, nor there. Well, you know what, dude? I mean, God, NFL quarterbacks, if we really held them to, like, a moral standard, I feel like it'd be a pretty piss poor uh, all the, uh, standard all to set. All the sports heroes are not usually held to that standard. So Straight up. Same Straight with the up. wrestlers. Same with all these guys. But, uh, yeah. 
Marty score Marty better than Velveteen Dream. Sorry, but you know, both kind of same boat. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't, I, I mean, I don't think we're. I don't think we're never going to see Skrull again. I think it will yeah. happen again at some point. Sports I think- world's crazy. The fucking Celtics head coach uh, cheated on his wife Nia Long with a staff member pulling some Vince McMahon shit. It's like, why can't these people learn? Yeah, it is. It is kind of ridiculous. Once you get all that money and all that fame, I guess your perception gets all fucking wild. Perception is wild. Perception is wild. Our takes are wild on this show. We're having a good time. Uh, you can always find the show at kfabe.com. On Instagram and on Twitter, we're at Kfabecom Pod on TikTok. We should have Tiki Talks this week, yes, Wex. Oh yeah, we'll get as long as I don't have crazy work tomorrow. We'll be getting Tiki Tocket. Tiki Tocket for sure. I'm excited about that. You can always find just the the show itself, uh, Kfabe Comparisons, on all streaming platforms, anywhere you find podcasts, as well as. YouTube. So be sure to check us out on YouTube, man. Um, there's lots of stuff up there. It's really easy. They're kind of like chunks too. So if an hour is a little too long for you, man, just check us out on, on uh, YouTube and hit the subscribe button there. And we would appreciate any kind of like, like, or review. All that stuff is good. You can always find your boy at Daniel daybreak, literally everywhere. There are handles. I'm the same thing everywhere at Daniel daybreak. Jesse, where can folks find you, man? You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Jesse Baker Nash and Facebook at regular old Jesse Baker. Wex, give him the script. You can find your boy Wex uh, at Wex Breaking the Lawson on pretty much all your social media platforms. But now on Twitter, it got changed to at Wex Lawson, the specific tag, because I got my shit banned. Did some bullshit, you know, talking a little bit of shit on there. But, uh, you know, um, uh, our Twitter... My phone started going off. Well, uh, sorry about that, but uh, Twitter engagement's great. The uh, YouTube videos, the views have been going up. We're getting into the 50 to 100s now, like, on all the videos, especially the top fives. People love to get in that top five because, you know, anybody can relate. You're like, nah, fuck that dude. But nah, all that dude's cool, you know? You can you can always engage. Yeah, definitely. And tell us what you think, man. Give us your top five. Just drop a comment. Let us know. I mean, if it's a good one, we'll give you a shout-out. Why not? Yeah, definitely. Cool. Well, you know what? That's going to do it for us this week. You can see us back next week, hopefully with a special guest talking about the top five women in wrestling. Um, And that's it for us. We'll see you. We're out. Peace. Peace.